Our reading today is from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, from verse 1 to 6, and it's on page 1249 in the Church Bibles. A new heaven and a new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming, out, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He, well, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of God. So in, in Advent, um, usually Advent is, is this period before Christmas, uh, the, the more traditional churches, uh, we look at um, at the, the coming of Jesus, and Advent means coming, and usually, um, historically, it's been the first coming and the second, but usually, I'd say nine out of ten times, or 95% of the time, we just talk about Jesus coming the first time, and we don't really talk about the second. So last week, we talked about Jesus' second coming, and today, we're looking at heaven. What's, what's coming after that second coming, or what comes to us after, after, after we die? Um, and it's quite an important thing, and we don't really talk about it that much. Uh, but if you think of it, our life here compared to eternity is, is nearly nothing. So this is, it's really important for us to look into this together. And in the New Testament, the word heavens used a lot, I think something like 300 times. And you also get the word paradise, which means a garden, um, which, which is kind of more the concept that, that people have of heaven. Um, so I thought I'd sort of share a bit about heaven today, grabbing some verses from the Bible um, for us. And um, so the description of the word heaven, the Greek word, you can find it up there. I know some people find this really boring, but I find it really exciting. I'm a bit of a geek. Uh, but Strong's Dictionary says, the region above the sidereal um, heavens, the seat of an order of things eternal and cons consumedly perfect, where God dwells and the other heavenly beings. So in a way, the, the concept is this place above the skies. That, that's the was uh, the idea of heaven. It's a place above the skies, which was a, a spiritual place, not a, necessarily the, the same physical place above the skies, which is stars and the universe. Uh, that was the idea. Um, and when we look at all the descriptions of heaven, or all the, all the things we're going to look at, we have to remember that these are people writing in the year sort of 50, 60 AD. And in, in their minds, they're describing what they're seeing, with the mind of someone from that time. So they, if, if you showed them 
uh, TV screen. That'd be like this magical box that shows me a future. You can, you can imagine that if, if you show them stuff that for us is very normal, or you can speak with someone on a mobile, they'd be like, what's that? It's like a, this magical connection. So you have to remember that people describing had a very different worldview, and what they saw might have been uh, very different to what they described because they didn't have words to describe it. It's a bit like when, the, um, when they colonized uh, America, the Native Americans saw trains and they saw, said, these are the iron horses. And if you tell me what's an iron horse, I'd never guess it's a train, never. I'd imagine a horse, it's iron, and that's the picture I have in my head. But for them, it made a lot of sense. Something moves fast and it's like this big metallic thing. It, it, it made sense. So when we look at Revelation, we just have to remember that a lot of it is very symbolic and kind of brought through from someone who lives in a very different world to us today. Um, but there's a few really interesting things that we, we can learn from it. Um, and one of the things we, we just heard in Revelation 21 is, is this idea that heaven comes down to earth. Once, once Jesus comes back, heaven comes down to earth. And, and there's this lovely image of like heaven coming down to earth and it all becoming one. And it says it's a new heaven and a new earth. And we don't really know what that means, does it? Do we? Like, we don't know if God will create something new if, if, if this, this idea of heaven is, is just being a, a new rule in earth, but the earth is more or less the same as we have it. We don't really know, and it's not that clear, and I don't think it's that important either. I think what God wants us to know is that what's coming is good, what's coming is great, and that we need to trust him that what's coming is great. So I'm going to pick up on a few themes that come across the Bible about how heaven is. Firstly is that we have homes in heaven, and uh, Jesus said this, my father's house has many rooms, and we share this most of the funerals I do, I'll share this passage. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? So there's this idea that we do have rooms, that there's a place where we live, there's this kind of space that's ours in heaven. And Revelation 21 says, then there were 12 gates where 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl, the great, city, the, great, the great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. And again, what, what does that mean? What, what, do, what can we learn from that? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if there's going to be a golden street, or if that's the image we want to get, or it's going to be a transparent street. Um, and I don't think it's, it's that important how it actually looks like. But the, the, there's this idea that in heaven, in eternity, we are gathered with other people. We are not by ourselves. We're living in, in community. And I think that's, that's wonderful. I, I think that's lovely because that's part of who we are, part of what we enjoy in life, is that, is that we have our sort of homes, our own space, but also that we are gathered with others around us. The other thing that's interesting to look at is bodies. Will we have bodies? Will we be like angels floating on clouds? Um, and, and I think that's what people think sometimes when you think of heaven, if uh, all the images or all the memes and all those things about heaven, it's always like little angels jumping on clouds. But, but actually, um, if we look at, at the Bible, Jesus had a new glorified body, but it, it seemed quite similar in many ways to the bodies we have today. And in Philippians, we find that it says, he will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. 
So in many ways, there's this promise that we, we will have bodies, we will have physicality, we will have like flesh and bones in, in some way or form um, because God's created us this way and that's the plan from the beginning and that's the plan for the future. But um, the other thing we know about our bodies from Second Corinthians is that for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And we know that that, that body won't decay, won't be broken, won't have illness. So it's a, it's a different kind of body. And the last thing I want to share from, from this bit of, of what's happening in heaven is at Revelation 21.4 says, we've just read it, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order things have passed. So that's the other thing which is something we can look forward to. There will be no more tears, no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. That sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds lovely. We're all scared of dying, but you look at this and like, okay, this sounds good. We've got a body, so we, we, we remain ourselves. We have our individuality. We don't become part of a, a mix of beings and, and we lose who we are. We've got a place to live. We live with others. There's no more pain. It's nearly we're going back to God's original plan in heaven. And it's a really exciting place to be. Uh, I'm not doing this so that we all commit suicide tonight. Please don't. Um, that, that's not the plan. But, but I think... Sometimes we're afraid of what's coming and, and death seems like the worst option ever. And actually, when we start thinking that where we're going is a better place, then that's, that's really good. Um, we are having this discussion with, with Sonia about, like, do we want Jesus to come now? And I'm like, no. And she's like, yes. Uh, what? I, I think no, because I, I want to live more of my life here. I want more of what God has for me. And, and I, I want to see things happen. And she's like, yes, but, but actually, if, if heaven is, is the perfect version of earth, and we will still have people we love, and we still have uh, our family, and we still have friends, and we still have community, and, um, and we still have our body, like we still live like we do, but without pain and all of that, like, why not? And I was, yeah, that, that makes sense, but I'm still not sure. I want Jesus to come back yet. Um, but... but I think like, what we're going for is, is great, it's, it's lovely, it's amazing. Uh, and I think part of our fear is that we, we have a bit of, of lack of trust in God sometimes, or uh, a bit of, well, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and I think from, from what we, we gather in the Bible, it, we can trust God. His, his promises have been fulfilled every time. Every time he said something would happen, it happened. I don't know how many hundred promises were fulfilled in Jesus' first coming. Like his word is trustworthy. And when we meet him, when we know him, then we can relax and say, okay, yes, heaven is, is a great place. Once we are in his presence, we're like, oh, if heaven's more of this, I love it. I want more of this. Um, and um, so the, the Bible gives us glimpses of what heaven is, but it doesn't give us a very, very clear picture. It just gives us enough for us to say, this is great, we'll trust God, we're going to a good place, but not too much detail that we can sort of write a book and describe it perfectly or, or know exactly what to expect. Um, 
And that's quite exciting as well. Like, there's a bit of a surprise, a bit like Christmas. You have this present that's coming. We don't really know exactly what it is, but we know it's great. Um, and a few people have, have mentioned, um, we, we see it, Paul in the Bible mentioned that he's, he's sort of visited heaven in some form. Um, and some people who are, are Christians around the world mentioned that they visited heaven in one way or another. Um, and it's very hard to know how much of that is invented, how much of that is true, how much of that is them being in, in a certain uh, state where, where their mind takes them to different places. Um, but there's one, one story, it was a big bestseller some years ago, uh, 20 years ago exactly, and it was about this kid that um, had an operation and died for three minutes and then came back to life. And he said he visited heaven. Has anyone come across this? Heaven is for real. It's a bestseller in, in New York uh, and uh, a massive book. And they actually made a film. So if you want to go for a shorter version, just watch the film. Um, you can find it on Amazon Prime or, or one of those. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting story because it's, it's this kid who goes... Uh, he, he feels he goes to heaven, and again, we don't know if it's real or not, um, but he, he starts describing afterwards some things to his parents who, that they, they realize there's no way he could have known it um, without actually going to heaven. He talks about uh, miscarriage they had, and he talks about meeting the grandfather, and he talks about certain aspects of heaven which are then reflected in, in the Bible. Um, so it's a really interesting read. Again, we can't take it as, as true or, or this is the word of God, but it's, but it's quite a nice, if you want a bit of inspiration about what heaven might look like, this is, this is good. Um, and, and so this little boy has now grown up, and he's 22 years old. And I wanted to see, like, I was looking this week, wanted to see what he had to say today, like 20 years later, after him uh, having this experience where he felt when he was three years old that he, or four years old, where, that he visited heaven, and how did he feel about it now? And um, he, this is a sort of interview uh, with him, and um, he, he talks about a few things that he experienced, and, and the main thing was he really felt the presence of God. Um, but I'm just going to play two, two minutes of this video. Sorry, Kathy, I didn't tell you. Are, you. are you ready? Yes? It's really cool because with this experience and being able to experience heaven as a kid, and even though now that I am older, my vocabulary is increased, I'm still able to describe or talk about heaven in such a simple way that is able to help people. And at the end of the day, it's what I want to do. I want to be able to give people hope and tell them how to get to heaven so that they can experience it too. A few things that I do pray and hope that some people get to experience is, first off, that heaven is real, that there is hope. Like, we get to have a relationship with God. We don't have to wait till we're off this world to have a relationship with God. But there is something better waiting for us. And many times what, like, you don't have to convince someone that the earth is messed up, that us as human beings are messed up. So it's really cool that even though we are messed up, that God chose to come and have a relationship with us to help us walk through this life so that we can live a life that is full of joy 
because there's so many amazing things about earth. So while we're here, take advantage of it. But this is only temporary. And heaven, one of my favorite ways to describe heaven is it's like a perfect version of earth. Because you get to, you get to experience a lot of the things you do down here on earth. Like there's people, there's animals, there's angels, there's grass, trees, water, skies, there's food, like so many things you get to experience in heaven. But the main thing is you get to experience God's presence without any distractions. And that's probably one of the things I miss the most and look forward to. But while I'm here, if I can give people some hope or point them in that direction. So really interesting. So he... His dad, like the, the, the dad wrote the book, bestseller, probably millions, millions of, of copies, millions of dollars. They did a, a, a film, again, lots of money, and they live in the same house they used to live 20 years ago, and he's an electrician. He's like 22 years old. He's, he's not sort of touring the world, making, trying to explode his experience and, and, and just kind of get lots of money out of it. He is, I think he's, he's very genuine, uh, and, and I love that. Um, and what I like about it is that what he is sharing about heaven being in some ways similar to earth, but the, the main difference is God's presence amongst us and, and the no pain and all of that. Um, like, well, this is more or less what I discover in the Bible. So um, I, I, I give him some credit. Um, and we, we were discussing with, with, with our kids about what, what we felt uh, heaven was like. And... And they were like, oh, you get to do what you want all the time, or you get to do all, all the fun games. And I think there's, there's a bit of that. Um, I, I don't think um, there, there won't be any, any fun or games in, in heaven at all. But I don't think it's, it's the essence. It's not you go to a place where now, if you're a, a golf fan, you're going to play golf every, all the time. Or if you like football, you're going to go and play and be the best player and, and score 10 goals and win 10, 10 nil every game, because obviously other, other people will be losing. Um, or if you're into video games, it's, it's not, I, don't think, I don't think heaven is that. I think that there's obvious, I'm sure there's room for fun and, and pleasure and all of that. But, but the essence of it is that sort of real presence of God with us the whole time and that joy that comes from it. And in, in, in Revelations, after we just read 21, in 22 it says this, uh, and have a, this is highly symbolic, so it's interesting, but then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. And I think what we get from here is, is got this really lovely picture of a river flowing and producing fruit. 
But what, what we get is that the highlight of heaven is the presence of God amongst us. It's not the spa, it's not the eternal golfing or eternal footballing or eternal whatever gaming, whatever you like. It's eternal being God's presence. It's not going into Willy Wonka's Charlie's Chocolate Factory where you can drink chocolate from the river. It's not that. It's deeper than that. It's better than that. It's a world where we're all communing, but the Spirit is moving amongst us, and we feel the fulfillment of God's presence in us. And what I love about this image we get in Revelation 22 of a, of a river flowing, which, again, we, we don't know if how literal that is or if it's symbolic. Um, it, it doesn't re- really matter that much. But it's, it's this presence of God flowing and bringing fruitfulness um, in, in heaven. And uh, it's the same image we see in Ezekiel 47. I don't know if you remember, it's this, this river that produces fruit and there's an invitation from God to people to go deeper and deeper into a river. And this, this man in a vision going into a river and he goes like ankle knee, uh, ankle knee deep and then he's invited to go deeper and deeper sort of knee and then afterwards just swim in the river. And the, where that river goes is life, produces life everywhere. And, and it's the same image we get here of this river coming from God uh, into, into land and producing a lot of fruit. And I think that's, in, in many ways, the essence of heaven, and that's the essence of what God wants to do amongst us as well. And that, that's part of the beauty, is, is that river of God that flows through heaven is also the river that comes to earth. And again, very symbolically, that's that the Spirit of God moving amongst us that brings fruit and brings transformation and brings life. And, and part of what I find very attractive about heaven is that presence of God all the time, everywhere. And the invitation that Jesus gives us, and what, what Jesus did was he brought heaven to earth. He brought that kingdom here. He grabbed that bit of heaven and said, look, have a taste of it. This is what's coming. And that's what we are trying to do as church. Every church, is what we're trying is to bring glimpses of heaven, pieces of that kingdom, and distributing to say, come and taste, come and see. The Lord is good. Come and experience his presence. Because this is what we're going to be doing for eternity. And we can bring, in some ways, and, and this sounds a bit um, complicated, but what we do is we are bringing, our, we've got the authority as children of God of bringing pieces of God's heaven into earth, of letting that river of God that brings fruitfulness and life and healing and peace and joy and all the fruit of the Spirit into the earth. And, and if heaven is so great because his presence is there, he is the light that shines across everything, then for us today, we can bring that light. We can experience that, that presence. And um, as I was reflecting on this, I, I ended up thinking, if heaven is all about the presence of God, then our lives if we want to bring heaven down, if we want to extend his kingdom, it's all about connecting with that presence of God and letting those rivers of his presence flow through us, amongst us, in us. And that's how we bring heaven to earth. And, and um, I, I'm not a big fan of the song, do you know, ooh, baby, do Can someone sing a bit better? Do you know God's word? Adam? Who can sing? We will make... 
we'll make heaven a place on earth. I'm not going to sing it. This is after it's recorded and people can edit it and then use it against me. Um, but I'll have a clip of that video on the social media of me singing. But it's that, it's that idea that's very humanist that, that we, by ourselves, we can create heaven on earth. We can create this utopia, like we can create peace by ourselves. And actually, if you know humankind, have you seen what happened ever since people thought, like Nietzsche uh, thought we would um, we'd create a superhuman kind that'd be much better. We've gone worse and worse and worse. And the only way of creating heaven on earth, the only way of bringing peace and transformation and everything that God has for us is by letting him come down or him move amongst us, letting him flow through us. Uh, and that's our calling. And, and as I was looking at heaven, I was thinking, there's bits of this we can experience now. There's this presence we can experience now. now. So why not give it a go? Why not try it out? So two things I want us to leave with today are this, that heaven is all about God with us. And if you think of it, Christmas is all about God with us. So there we've got this connection between the future for us is God with us. The present for us is God with us. And this invitation of, uh, of revelations to connect with the river of the water of life, which in many ways is just the presence of God. It's just the spirit amongst us. And um, I'm going to close with, with a, a bit of a story um, that I shared in the evening some months ago, and um, I haven't shared in the morning, so I get to share it now. Um, and sorry, Sonia, it involves you. Um, so our, our last, our last uh, travel uh, holidays before coming to England in Argentina, we, we decided to visit the south of Argentina. has like, these really lovely mountains and lakes. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. Um, and we, we camped, and we went camping different uh, all, all across the lakes, and uh, we, we met with my brother, and my brother, who's two years older than me, so we, we like competing a bit, just a tiny bit, um, he said, we went up this mountain, he said, um, and uh, it's amazing, you have to do it, and it's quite, quite a hike, and, and I was like, well, if you did it, I have to do it now. Um, so we, the, the morning we were going, we, we thought it was a bit closer than what it actually was, um, and, and we sort of woke up, and we had a breakfast and chilled, and then sort of 10-ish or a bit after that, we said, okay, let's now go. And then the, the way to, to that, to go up to the, the base of the mountain was a lot of curves, very tricky. So what we thought would take us like half an hour, took us like an hour and a half. So we arrived at, at the base of the mountain, it was just before 12, and um, the park ranger there spoke to us and we said, hey, we would like to go up the mountain. He said, well, look, it's, it's too late. Why do you do this little three-hour walk? Um, because you won't make it in time to go up and down, and uh, we close. I can't remember at what time. I, I, I nodded and said, yes, let's go for it. Sonia nodded and said, okay, we're going to do a three-hour walk. We came out. I was like, there's no way we're doing a three-hour walk. We're going up the mountain. We're conquering this. Been two hours in the car. I'm not going to come back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do this. And she was said, okay, let's go for it. And then we, we went up for uh, like nearly five hours. And, and we, because we had this pressure of time that we needed to come down, um, it was, we, we hardly ever stopped. And we were very close to getting a divorce. And we were there nearly about to sign the papers um, on our way up and down. We were like, but 
But it was such hard work. It's like some of the bits were so hard. I mean, like when after three hours of going up and some really steep bits, we were like, oh, is it worth it? Shall we just stop? Shall we just go down? Shall we just um, call it a day and come another time? And, and we'd stop for one minute and then just continue. Um, and literally the last, because it was so steep and so nonstop, I think the last hour we, we weren't talking to each other anymore. Uh, and... We're just so tired, and suddenly, the, when you go up, there's suddenly snow, and uh, it got sort of colder, and, and we, I remember the last steps, we're just like, you know, we're just kind of going because you have this destiny um, going up, and we ended up reaching the destiny, and we are so tired, we go, went into a little cabin, with, and we, we paid for the most expensive tin of coke I've ever paid in my life, because people have to take it up in rucksacks, so we, we, we had a coke and a Kit Kat or something like that they were selling, uh, and we just had no energy at all, and we we're just sitting there without speaking to each other, and I think someone asked us a question, and we are like, ah, I can't, please, you couldn't, like, you're so tired, and after, after getting a bit of rest, we came out, and when we came out of the cabin, we were on the top of a mountain, and you can see mountains everywhere. It's just the most beautiful image I think I've ever seen. Mountains everywhere, lake, snow. It's just amazing view of, of this spectacular place, and just the peace of knowing you're just in the middle of mountains, and you've done all this massive sacrifice, and now you're resting and just enjoying that. And, and, and as we looked around, it's like, oh, this is so worth it. Just having this little glimpse of being in this beautiful place was worth all the hassle. And, um, and then we, we, we went down, and, and again, like, our feet were really aching. We were uh, stressed because we thought the park ranger was going to send helicopters to find us. We went out, and they weren't there. I didn't, couldn't care less if we had died, if we were coming back or not. There was nobody there. Um, but, but what, what I learned from, from that was, like, it was so worth being able to get to that peak. It was so worth just being there. And I know that Christian life is a struggle. I know it's difficult. And it's hard to be the odd one in the room when you're at work or with family and friends. It's, it's hard sometimes to, to come to church. It's hard to prioritize our times with God. But there's a beauty of the presence of God that is incomparable, which we get to experience in glimpses here and sometimes really powerfully and sometimes we, we just feel we're just walking up the whole time and never experiencing anything. But at the end of the day, what we have is so beautiful that it's worth everything. The presence of God in us is worth any sacrifice, any constant walking when we, we feel we want to stop and when we feel we want to get up. Like Everything is worth the presence of God in our lives and in eternity. And our call as Christians is to bring that presence to others. And therefore, we, we need to continue working and we need to continue going up the mountain to f- be filled with the presence of God and bring it to others so that they can experience the amazing presence of God. So if you go back to heaven, heaven is all about God with us and earth is all about God with us. So let us continue the, this race. Let's continue fighting the good battle. Let's continue engaging with God and letting his river flow through us. I'm going to invite the band to come up and I'm going to pray for us. 
God is nothing like being in your presence. We experience the beauty of who you are and just you with us. It feels like nothing else matters. It feels like everything's going to be okay. And Lord, we know that we'll spend an eternity with you. And I just pray, Lord, that you would fill us with your presence once again. Lord, that you'd come to us now by your Holy Spirit and fill us with your love, with your peace, with everything that you are. Lord, we long for more of you. We are hungry for more and more of your presence. And we want to experience your presence now and in our lives so that we might be those rivers that flow with your presence and can share your presence with others. So come now, Holy Spirit, and fill us with your presence as we worship you.